Good morning. Stand up with us. We're going to spend some time in the presence of the Lord today, my favorite place. Ooh, ooh. I can see the clouds roll in. I can feel the winds, they try to shake me, and I will not be moved. My feet are on the rock. Welcome to Southwoods Christian Church. My name is Tara. We're so glad you're here today. If you're watching on live stream, we welcome you in on that platform as well. Um, why don't you take a seat for just a minute because I have a lot to tell you and I don't want you to have to stand through it all. All right. So, hey, today is fall kickoff. We have this event every single year and it's an opportunity for you after service to stick around and come to the back where ministry leaders and staff will be back there to answer any questions you have um, about the ministries we have here at Southwoods. We can help you find ways to connect 
and to serve. It really is. I mean, the Church of, of Christ is about connection, community, service, and we want to make sure you have every single opportunity to do that. So after service, stick around. Go grab your kiddos if they're in the back. Come on back here to the auditorium and hang out in the back. Grab some snacks that we'll have back there. The Lord's Chicken might be here today, also known as Chick-fil-A. You never know. So stick around. Come have a snack in the back and then talk to some people about ways to connect. If you walked in and didn't have a chance to grab communion yet, um, the cups are back in the back. Feel free to get up anytime and go grab those because we will have communion later. Um, also, we're going to do a little thing here, a little experiment. In the seat in front of you, you will see a connect card. If you're in the front, it's right next to you. Everybody grab it. Grab it. All right. If you have a smartphone, take it out and go to your camera. Going to walk you through this. All right. Camera out. Phone out. Camera on. Do you know how to scan a QR code? If you don't, you can come ask us questions in the back. But take your camera, scan that QR code, and that's going to take you to our uh, new website. It is not finished, so when you go there, everything is not going to be there just yet. But keep that QR code bookmarked on your phone, or you can take that Connect card with you, put it on your fridge. That QR code is going to have you access our page in real time and keep you up to date on every single thing that's happening every single day. Okay, so bookmark the QR code or take that card home with you. Um, it's also a way for you just to connect with us. If you don't want to go virtual and write down your name, if you're new today, you can fill out the back and, or fill out the back of the card and then put it in the back where it says offering. Um, and that's one way you can let us know that you were here today. But you can also do that on the website. Just give us about another week until we get it all fully up and running. Okay. Um, also want to mention, as far as things that are going on, next Wednesday, so Wednesday the 14th at 7 p.m., come right back here, and we are going to have about an hour of worship and prayer. If there's ever a time where we've really needed a group concerted effort of worship and prayer for our country, for our church, for our own lives, it's right now. So be here at 7 o'clock. There's kids available, I think, for your kiddos. Um, and we're going to come here just for an hour. We're going to worship and we're going to pray. And it's vital. So we encourage you to be here for that. Um, I would like to pray us into worship this morning. So now you can stand back up and then the band will take us on and uh, keep us worshiping this morning. So let's pray and um, we'll keep going. Father God, thank you so much for every single person who is here today, for every family represented for people who are watching on live stream, and we know there are people watching on live stream from all over the U.S. Thank you for allowing people that platform to be here. We love you, and um, life isn't easy, and we know that, that you are so faithful and so good. And sometimes it's hard for us in our humanness to remember that, but I pray this morning over this entire group that we have an opportunity to see you again today to see who you are, to learn about you, to worship you, to serve you, to find ways to connect with your people. You are an incredible God, an amazing God, and we love you so deeply. Thank you for the love that you have given us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Also, just want to let you know before we keep rolling, um, ways to give here at Southwoods will be up here on the screen. Um, you can, again, when you click that QR code, there'll be a give button there. You can uh, do it there. You can also mail it in. All right? All right. We're ready. 
We're going to invite the Spirit of the Lord in this place today, church. Nice and loud, nice and proud.
we will worship you, Lord. You're our Father in heaven, the Savior of our soul and our hearts, the Savior of our lives. Thank you for being in this place with us today. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's take a moment to say hi to somebody.
worthy of our praise. Amen. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaking. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus, because he's Generation. 
Thank you for going ahead and sitting down. Appreciate that. Let's just bow our heads together and pray, all right? Father, we thank you. Thank you that you're always faithful, that you're always with us, that you're always looking out for us, that um, we need to lean into you at all times. And now as we uh, look at your word this morning, we are leaning into you and we ask for your spirit to speak, your word through your word, and that you'll uh, open our minds and hearts to your will for our lives and give us the humility and faith to walk in that direction. So grateful for your grace. We ask your blessing on all of us now as we listen and as we, as we reflect on your word, your will, your ways. It's in Christ's name we pray together. Amen. Amen. It's good to see you this morning. If you're listening online or if you're on site here, we're thrilled that you're here. And uh, happy Sunday to all of you. How many of you have ever built a house? I just need to see a show of hands. If you've ever built a house, real, real high, I just want to see them. If you've built a house, uh, raise your hand. A number of us have. Uh, you know, when my boys were young, I helped build Lego houses, uh, but I don't think that counts. I'm, Lori and I have never really uh, built a house. We've done some remodeling and things, but never built a house. But we've known several people over the years who have. Uh, just had a dream of building their own house. They had a picture in their mind of what they wanted, needed, and uh, they've done it. And if you're familiar with that, you know how the process goes. After you acquire land, which is sort of the beginning point, after that, the process always goes from that to architectural design, right? This is, this is the process that if you're going to build your own home. You acquire the land, then you begin the design process. You sit down with someone who's an architect, and you present your wants, your needs, your ideas to an expert. The architect's an expert who can help you create a, a set of plans who can help you create some blueprints that will guide you and others who are going to partner with you in the construction of that home. So you, you use those plans as a guide that just inform everyone about everything that is a part of the plan for your place. Once the plan is complete, the prints are done, once the permits have been uh, secured, the most boring, uninspiring Part of the whole process begins. And of course, I'm talking about the site work, the foundation work. And it, it, it's boring, but it's the most important thing that happens, really, in the construction process. Why do you think foundation work is so important? Let me illustrate it this way. You don't want to end up with a house that looks like this. This is not your goal. A lovely home that's unlivable. Nobody wants that, right? You just think of all the money they get spent on a place like that, just to make it look immaculate. I bet you could go in that house and there are, there are beautiful flowers in certain spots or where those spots used to be. You know, you can, you can walk in, the entryway was beautiful, but this illustrates the constructing a quality foundation, even though it's admired by no one but the inspector. It's a big, big deal. Once the foundation's done, well, then the builder can really get to business. I mean, they can frame the house, they can roof it, they can put siding on it, they can insulate it, you know, plumbing, electric, all the stuff that you do, the sheet, right? You can do all of that stuff. You can landscape the outside when that's all. You, Eventually, you get all these things done, and what happens? Well, then you move in, and you start enjoying your new house, right? 
until spring, right? Until the first spring, you enjoy it because in spring, seasonal rains, floods, tornadoes in Kansas show up. This is when it happens. And at that point, you commence prayer for no leaks. You pray that the the builder didn't cut any corners when he did the valleys of your roof, that he uh, he didn't cheat anywhere around windows, and on and on and on, right? Now, why go through all of this? Because for the next few minutes, I'm going to share with you from the Bible some construction advice from Jesus. Some of you may not know it, but Jesus was a master carpenter and builder before he began teaching and healing and atoning for people's sins. If he spoke the universe into existence with a word, do you suppose that he was a good builder? He was the best. He was the best. So I want you to listen carefully to what he has to say to us in Matthew 7, starting at verse 24. He says this, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. You know, in these verses, Jesus gives all of us some construction advice. He gives us construction advice for how to build a life that can withstand the storms of life. And he tells us this because he wants us to understand that every one of us can build a life that's capable of withstanding the storms of life. There are no exceptions. We're all capable of this, but we're only capable of doing it if we do it in partnership with him and his wisdom. And Jesus gives us in this passage three expert instructions for how to build a life that can withstand the storms of life. This morning, I hope that you will listen really carefully because it's important that we understand that storms are never really very far off. You know, 21 years ago today, 7 a.m., do you think that Boston, do you think that Pennsylvania, do you think that, that Washington, D.C., do you think the people of our nation, think that people got on some of the airlines, During that time, do you think that they had a clue how close the storms were to them that morning on the first 9-11? They were clueless. But in a sin-saturated world, none of us should be surprised by this kind of thing. We just shouldn't. Storms are never very far off. So for the next few minutes, I hope you'll listen carefully to the three expert instructions for how to build a life that will stand that Jesus gives us. His first instruction is this. When building your life, you and I need to choose a wise builder. We need to choose a wise builder. Just think about it this way. If constructing a home that might last you 50 to 100 years, if that requires a wise and expert builder, how much more important is the builder if you're constructing a life that's going to last forever? 
Your life expectancy is not 70, 80 years. Your life expectancy is eternal. You are an everlasting immortal being and you will either build in this life a life that will last beyond or it will be a catastrophe one day. Jesus is trying to help us understand here how to build a life that will last, that will withstand the storms of this life and last well beyond this life. Who your builder is, is huge. It's crazy important. You and I can build our own lives on the basis of whatever our individual wants, desires, conveniences, preferences might be today. I, I can do that. We, but there's a problem with that approach for all of us because my wants, my whims, my conveniences, my preferences, you know, 20 years ago, a little different than 10 years ago, and then 10 years ago, a little different than today, and uh, guess what? Probably a little different than 10 years from now. If I'm building the structure, the superstructure of my life on the basis of what I want or what other people want for me. This is what lots of people do. They, they have their opinions about themselves, but really what they most want is they just want to please everybody else around them. And so they construct their lives in such a way that, that they're oriented around the wants, the whims, the preferences that everybody else in their life has for them. And they just sort of default to that. Jesus recommends another way. Verse 24, he explains to us. He said, anyone who listens to my teaching, not Greg, Jesus is saying this. Anyone who listens to my te teaching, Jesus is saying, and follows it, look how he characterizes them. It's wise. They're wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. He's just saying, wise is the person who listens to and trusts the expert counsel of the master builder, Jesus. He's saying, we're wise to choose a wise builder, to choose him. Which brings us to a second instruction that he's giving in this passage, and that is that when building our lives, we, you and I need to build on a firm foundation. It's not even enough to just try to build some kind of foundation. We need a firm foundation to secure, to stabilize, to construct a life on top of a few weeks ago, some of our guys went camping in Colorado. There's a picture of our campsite here that uh, Shiala will put up on the screen. But we had a great time. We stayed in tents out in Colorado. Uh, we enjoyed the outdoors, the mountains, the, the aromas of that place. It just, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful experience. Many of you have been camping before. You know what that's like. But let me just say, this very place where we camped right here, if... If you were, this was August, uh, 1st of August, you know, if you would roll the clock forward from that date about, oh, four months, September, October, November, mid-November, late November, <laughs> do you get the idea? It's still going to be a wonderful camping experience for all of us in those tents. How's that going to work out for us? Not so well, right? You know, tent walls are thin. 
There's no insulated foundation under those tents. Snow starts dropping, and all but one of those tents is going to implode with very much snow. And I happened to have the tent that wouldn't implode. And let me just say, by December, it would implode. It might make it through November, mine, but it would not make it into December, January. It just wouldn't. A house built on sand faces similar issues. No foundation, little protection from harsh well, the harsh elements of weather. So Jesus' counsel to his listeners then and today is simply, you've got to build on a firm foundation. You need a life that's better insulated from the harsh elements of life than a tent, than something built on sand. So he says in Matthew 7, verse 25, he explains this way. He says, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse. Why? Because it's built on bedrock. It's got a solid, a rock solid foundation under it. There's an unpopular truth about life in our world. All kinds of rain Floods, storms are coming, like it or not, into every one of our lives. We all want to live life and think it's going to be pristine and beautiful and wonderful and we're not going to have any difficulties. But the truth is that there are going to be storms of sickness, sorrow, stress, loneliness, disappointment. There are going to be accidents that come into your life. There's going to be rejection. There's going to be complaints against every one of us. You're going to experience mistreatment and misunderstanding and temptations and sin and failure. The consequences of others. You're going to experience loss. You're going to experience death. There's going to be a long list of other things happen to every one of us. And if our lives are going to weather those storms well, Jesus wants us to understand we must build our lives on a firm foundation, on bedrock, something that's already overcome the world. Someone who's already overcome the world. Building on sand is a choice. Jesus is pleading with his listeners then and now to understand that building on rock, building on a firm foundation, building our lives on him is a better, wiser choice. He himself says, in this world, you will have trouble, trials, sometimes translated tribulations. But Jesus tells his followers, I have overcome the world. We've got to build on a firm foundation, which brings us to the third instruction that's inferred in the text. It's, and it's just common sense, really. And that is that when it comes to building our lives, we need to start building now. Not next week. Not next month, not next year, not someday. We need to start building now, today, today. Got a little mug up here. You may or may not have known this, but uh, Mark Twain, or and I got this on a, 
a trip a few years ago, this little mug. We were over in Hannibal, Missouri, sort of the land of Mark Twain. And uh, if you've not been over there before, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's just kind of a fun, quaint little place, the, the, the town there. But um, so we're walking through, we're just reading all these quotes. Of course, he was a prolific writer, author, and uh, very famous. If you're not familiar with him, uh, just Google some of his sayings. It's, it's fascinating. But one of his uh, sayings is this, do not put off until tomorrow what can be put off till day after tomorrow just as well? <laughs> and, you know, as I thought about it when I saw it initially, I thought, you know, it's funny on a mug. Uh, you don't want that to be the epitaph of your life. None of us do. When was the best day to plant a tree in your yard? Yesterday. 10 years ago, right? When's the best time to begin building a spiritual life? 10 years ago. But since that's not an option, what's the next best day? Today. Today is the day. So how do we start building? begins with an invitation. It begins when you and I look heavenward and from a place of humility in our spirits, we just acknowledge to God that I need your help. I don't want to be tossed around by everybody's opinion of how I ought to construct my life. I don't even want to be tossed around by my own opinions of how I ought to build my life because frankly, I'm going to change my mind on a daily, if not weekly or monthly basis. It's not a firm foundation. Lord, I invite you, Lord Jesus, to become the firm foundation of my life. I want to build my life on you. That's the beginning place. Have you ever looked heavenward and just told Jesus that? Part of how you begin to build, having invited him into your life, is begin to listen to and follow the teachings and example of Jesus that are found in the Bible. I mean, what you're going to find is that there are things that he thinks that you ought to do Surprise, surprise, that are contrary to what you think you ought to do. Why are we surprised that God has opinions that are different than ours? Why does that surprise us? Wouldn't it, if he's brilliant and unchanging, doesn't it just make sense that I, who am not that brilliant, I'm not even as smart as you, okay? There are people around me smarter than me. What would make me think that I'm going to understand out of the gates everything that God thinks or believes? Have an opinion that's different than him. What, what is that? I mean, it's, is that not hubris on my part to think that somehow I'm as smart as him? So really, constructing a spiritual life, a life for that matter, because all of life is spiritual, really constructing a life that's going to last and weather through the storms of time begins with not only inviting Jesus into my life, but now not just wanting, you know, a spiritual fire extinguisher in my life. I don't want just that. I want to learn from his wisdom because he's already overcome the world. He's my creator. He grasps things that I don't. I don't even have to believe everything he says. I just have to follow 
everything he says, because what happens is in following, pretty soon you've realized, oh, God knew what he was talking about with that. Like, he's smarter than I was giving him credit for. I'm glad I did that. The third step in the process is learning to partner with some others who are trying to follow Jesus, because following Jesus, if it came reflexively to all of us, guess what? We'd all be doing it. We would not be in the problems that we have as a world today. So we need to partner with some others who are committed to living that kind of life. Here at Southwoods, we try to help you do that. That's part of why we have life groups around here. That's part of why we have ministry teams around here. Does it help accomplish things that we need to have done around here? Sure, but it's also a process by which you utilize gifts and abilities that God has given you in partnership with some others, and you grow alongside each other more fully into the the humble, teachable spirit of Christ. This This is how we do life. This is how we learn and grow. We partner with some others trying to follow Jesus. You can learn more about, those, about life groups and about ministry opportunities and these kinds of things. As soon as we're done with the service this morning, I hope that you'll hang around a little bit because we've got, we'll have people back here and you can talk, dialogue about different ministry teams, all kinds of opportunities to connect relationally with others. But nobody can make you do it. Nobody can make you stay. Nobody can make you do the right thing, even what's best for you. Building on sand, remember what I said, is an option. Jesus is just saying, it's not the wise option. It's not the wise one. We need to partner with others. There's wisdom in that. Fourth step in that process of building a spiritual life and a life that will last through the storms of life, is that we've got to learn to walk with the Holy Spirit. Last four weeks, we've been in a series where we've been talking about that kind of thing. It's just, just when God whispers. That's what the whole series is about. Some of us were here for a good bit of that, but I don't know if any of us was here for every single week. This is such a big deal. I would encourage you, go listen to any message you missed. Go listen to anyone, everyone that you missed. Maybe it was one that touched you particularly in the course of the last few weeks. Maybe you need to listen to that again. Because again, this is about constructing the foundation of your life and mine in such a way that it will last. You're just making sure every stone is in place. You know, in October, we're going to be doing a midweek series. I'm going to be doing midweek teaching for the whole month on in, in step with the spirit is what I'm calling it. And it's just, it's just more in-depth into what we did the last four weeks. If you know the Lord or if you don't know the Lord, you need to be here. You say, well, why don't you do that on Sunday morning? Because I don't have enough Sunday mornings to do everything that needs to be done. That's why. And even if I did it on Sunday mornings, guess what? In our culture today, we're here two out of four Sundays. What's that? That means you hear 50% of those thoughts. If only 50% of the concrete ended up in the trench of the foundation of your house that you're building, what's the inspector going to say? He's going to say, 
No construction to you is what he's going to say. He'll say, how do you think you're going to build a life that way? You and I must understand we have to build a firm foundation. No one is responsible for that but who? You. You, me, our own individual lives. We've got to learn to walk in step with the Spirit. Join us on Wednesday night in October. Watch for it. Rearrange what you need to. Rearrange what you need to on Sunday so you can be here. If you can't be here, be here on, online at least to, to just build the foundation so that you're constructing a life that can stand. Whatever you do, don't procrastinate. Don't put off till the day after tomorrow what really needs to be done today in your life and mine because storms are coming. Storms are coming. You know, I was thinking about it. A house built on rock won't stop storms from coming. Did you hear what I said? House built on, a house built on bedrock will not stop the storms from coming. This is what all of us want to figure out. It's like, if I could just figure out how to build my life in such a way that storms wouldn't come my way. This is like naive on our part. Wishful thinking is what it is. It's childish thinking on our part. My part sometimes when I go down this path, mentally. We live in a sin-saturated world. Jesus doesn't promise that you will have no storms in your life. What's he promise? If you'll build your life on him as a foundation, he'll go through those storms with you. And when the storm is past, you'll still be standing. You'll still be standing. But it'll be because of the foundation you built your life on. We're going to share in the Lord's Supper in just a few moments. It's just a reminder to all of us, really, of the one upon whom all of our lives needs to be built. It's a perfect opportunity as we share in the Lord's Supper this morning to invite Jesus to be the builder, to be the foundation, to be the savior of your life. If you remember... I mean, when he was nailed to the cross, his body was nailed there as punishment, hear me, for his sin? No. The scripture is really clear that Jesus was without sin. He never committed sin, never tempted anybody to sin. He was sinless. Whose sins was he nailed there for? Yours, mine, ours. That's why his body was nailed to the cross. As you eat the bread in just a few moments, remember his body. Thank him that he took upon himself what he did not deserve so we could have an inheritance that we don't deserve. If our faith is in him and our life is constructed upon him and his teachings. As you drink the juice... 
Remember his blood shed, sacrificed for you, his life given. I can't think of the blood of Jesus without remembering what Scripture teaches us. The life is in the blood. The life of Jesus was given for you and me. And as you symbolically take communion, it's sort of a symbol of the life of Jesus being imparted afresh to you. Because the life is in the blood. Just receive from him this morning. Thank him. Invite him into your heart, your soul, your life. Just commit yourself afresh to building your life on him. Let's bow our heads, pray, and then we'll share in the Lord's Supper. Lord Jesus, we thank you that though we are sinners and we've fallen far short of your glory, your grace, uh, deserving any of that, that you suffered, you died, you gave up yourself for us. Now as we take these emblems, the bread, the juice, symbolic of your body and your blood, We just invite you into our lives and acknowledge our need to have your help to construct our lives on you. We thank you that you hear our prayers, that you've cared about us before we even knew to care about you, and that we have the hope of one day standing, withstanding the storms that come our way in life because of all you've done for us. Thank you. Meet us in these moments. This is our prayer. We lift it in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Would you stand with us for one final song, please?
Father, we thank you that you are our firm foundation. Lord, you are able to keep us from slipping and falling away and to bring us faultless into your presence with mighty shouts of exceeding joy. Lord, you are the only wise God, the Father. To you belongs all wisdom and glory and power and strength now and forevermore. Amen.